Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Boom, we are live. Uh, welcome to What the Block. Uh, one quick shout out, uh, excited that this is the first week we're actually streaming live on the Be in Crypto website also and on their Twitter accounts and, and all that stuff. Um, but if you're watching this after we're live, make sure you go to the LA Blockchain Summit YouTube and LinkedIn page. Um, sign up there. You'll be able to, if you're on any of those places, you can participate live, you can comment, we can bring your comment up on the screen and uh, do fun stuff like that. So uh, join us live. Um, this is an, ex an awesome special episode for, for a few reasons. Uh, one, David uh, is the CEO of Total, uh, our first portfolio company at Draper Gorn and Holm, which is really, really crazy and exciting. Um, and two, it's David's birthday. So happy birthday, David. I think we're going to have this as your frame for the rest of the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. And, and what the block? <laughs> it looks like you're you're wearing a veil or something. It's just no. um, <laughs> all right. I'm not going to actually keep it for the whole show. That would be really distracting and annoying. Thank you for the shout out. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks, thanks for joining us on your birthday. Uh, uh, it wasn't done intentionally, but I'm glad we we get to hang on your birthday. This is awesome. Um, want to be where else? I'm sure. <laughs> uh, no, but um, th thanks, everyone. David is is really a pioneer in the DeFi space. Um, if you don't know uh, what Total is, Total is the first uh, DEX aggregator uh, in existence, right? We're the first people to create a product to make it so that you get the best prices across all the DEXs. But David, first, let's... Uh, uh, tell everyone who doesn't know you yet about your your background and uh, and sort of how you got into into the space. Yeah, uh, that's a good segue for, for me in the in the Dex aggregation uh, space that we've been involved in for a while now. So yeah, I mean, I I, I came into crypto um, not a, not an unfamiliar story, I'm sure, to many in in not buying enough Bitcoin back in the day, right? Um, and in in held on to my Bitcoin. Um, and really with the advent of Ethereum, just got more, more involved in the space when there were new opportunities, um, you know, available, a lot more assets being traded, especially on Ethereum. Um, you know, it was really the use of Ether Delta. Uh, Ether Delta back uh, way back in uh, 2017. And um, when I first used that uh, application, uh, as, you know, as a decentralized exchange, it just piqued my interest. Um, a lot of people who use that, their mind went to decentralized exchanges will never work because yeah. this is awful, you know, and my mind kind of went the other direction, which was, wow, this is actually a decentralized exchange and a dynamic that never existed before. And um, I just, my gears kept churning in terms of what that might look like 
in the future in the future. And, um, you know, so from an investment perspective, I was investing in crypto assets. So I got more involved in investing in decentralized exchange offerings or tokens. Um, I participated in a lot of the ICOs, um, you know, directly and indirectly. There was Bancor going on, Kyber, ZeroX um, and others that were uh, popping up at the time. And so from an investment perspective, got very involved with those organizations. And then um, from a from a product perspective, uh, wanted to really get to know what they what those protocols were implementing and how they would be approaching decentralized exchange. And what became apparent um, was that there's going to be a need to use all of these decentralized exchange protocols uh, together in, in, in one sort of tool or interface or API. Um, at that time, it was really in your imagination. Um, and so uh, that's what we started working on. And then it kind of kind of focused on um, a little bit on portfolio management, as you could imagine, um, as you're managing your, your assets using these different DEX protocols. Uh, but really where the technology we found was really uh, the, the killer application or the product market fit was in the order routing system. Um, and that's really what DEX aggregators are today. Um, you know, people, people talk about total um people talk about uh one inch and and now you know zero x um you know great great organization they pivoted completely to the aggregation model if you read the zero x white paper there's not one mention of uh dex aggregation but um they, they saw the light as well um and you know that's really the killer app for um for for groups that are looking to provide best, best execution um, using using DEX protocols, it's in the in the order routing or index aggregation. So, um, one inch, zero uh, X, total Paraswap now doing great work, um, and several others uh, kind of following the 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 advent uh, that that total um, you know pioneered as you mentioned Alan uh, several years ago. Yeah, it's 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 funny thinking back to to those days because like even the the biggest experts would have problems with with Ether Delta and then I remember there was what was it it was went from Ether Delta to like Fork Delta or something like that. like it, they kept getting iterations of it because it kept getting uh, uh, trying to to get better and better but it was it was a mess right and when I first met you what was really exciting to me was like oh you know. I don't remember if you said something like this, but in my mind, it was like, hey, have you or anyone you know like lost money because something screwed up on Ether Delta? Either some transaction failed and something else screwed up, or you accidentally cut and paste the wrong address, or like you forgot the, you know, some some decimal point or something. Like it was so confusing that like everyone you knew in the space had a, a horror story of like, oh yeah, I lost 10 ETH doing something. And at the time you were like, Man, that sucks. But it was like I don't know, a hundred bucks, and and it was a really crappy hundred dollar uh, uh, lesson to be learned. But now imagine losing ten ETH or having that ten ETH back. And then I remember uh, your first product being just so simple and easy to use. Um, and then of course meeting you and Jordan, the rest of the team, and just going like, holy crap, we we got to be involved in this. And and the, there, if you saw where the this was going, right? Because at the time. There was pretty much just Ether Delta, but then a few other of those um, those dexes started launching, and you realize like, oh crap! If I go to um, I don't remember at the time like uh, 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 
Ether Delta, you get the best price on this. But if you go to Bancor, you get the best price on this. Or you would use, um, I remember, uh, there, there, there's still a great DEX through IDEX, but, um, which is a little different. But, but anyway, you'd go to each one to find the trading pair that made the most sense. You'd be jumping from one to the other. And then your guys' product um, took all of that uh, off, of, off of our plates. And we could just go to total and, 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 and do that. And then there's, there's some, uh, I guess I shouldn't, shouldn't dive into there quite yet, but you know, you, you being super early in the space and you having, uh, having been a part of that, are there any sort of, um, you know, I don't know, I was going to ask, like, are there any sort of lessons learned from the 2017, 2016-17 era when we first met to today? Because both of those times we were in this crazy cycle of just everything seeming to go up uh, and, and go wild. But also, like, it's, it's hard to vet um, you know, companies or pro like crypto tokens and, and deals and things like that. Are there any are there any analogies to back then that we should be looking at today, um, or is it uh, is it? Yeah, I mean, certainly. I think that there's both. I mean, I think that there there's analogies that are holding true, but at the same time, our sample size for historical cycles in crypto is like what two. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, the, the, there are a lot of uh, dynamics that are very different today. That um, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, so it's easy to look back and say, "Well, it was you know, it was like that or like this." But um, I'm just saying that it, it's it's different now, and there's a lot of different uh, players. There's a lot of different dynamics. There's a lot of different motivations or incentives, I should say, um, today than there were uh, several years ago. And so, yeah, I'll give a couple examples um, of what's similar and maybe some things of the, what's different. I think the the general uh, cycle of greed is the same. I mean, I think that there's a. I mean, that's just na it's human nature, and and um, you know, so you start to see, and we're starting to see that in other other areas of crypto. Um, call it NFTs. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, call it you know, look at DeFi. I mean, there, there's other there's there's cycles that that we've gone through where you see a lot of the desire by the venture community and what I'll call the shadow venture community or the anonymous investors and, and, you know, the, the new, new style venture community of, um, you know, anonymous venture, uh, venture capitalists, uh, I'll call them, um, yeah. that, that are, they're looking for that 10 X return and they're looking for uh, a way to, to, to make money, which, that I mean, that's their goal, right? That's what they want to do, and and I don't, I mean, American dream. I don't blame them. Uh, but at the same time, that causes a lot of the ups and downs of the cycles because you know there there is no way to create uh, the amount of value that's being transferred in these short periods of time. Um, well, I shouldn't say there's no way, but it's very there's a very low likelihood of creating the amount of value that's being um, shown um, or being uh, marketed by these these groups in in this such a short window. So um, a lot, you know, whoever controls the narrative controls the, the you know the returns in a sense. You know that and and that gets exaggerated during bull markets. So um, I think that's the same in terms of groups that are 
you know, now that there's a, a trend and there, there's a um, proof that, you know, certain trends are, uh, you know, making um, multiples or making exits or, or whatnot, um, that, that that's being repeated by lookalike companies or by uh, other startups or, um, you know, small token offerings. So I think that the general like boom and busts are kind of like the similar in terms of um, people following trends and, and whatnot. What I think is different is that um, I don't, I think the volatility um, minimizes over time. Everything kind of follows Bitcoin in, in, in this space and, you know, through the halvings and through the cycles. And as um, Bitcoin reaches a, a market cap that is, uh, you know, larger than all of silver and then eventually larger than all of gold, the volatility will come down and um, the economics of Bitcoin don't change. Uh, but in those in those cycles where now you have participants all around the world in whatever regulated way or in a in a much larger way you want to call them institutions playing where you have subdued volatility, um, well then you have a, a little bit of different dynamics and, and expectations as to what the what the drawdown from the top might be. You know, last last cycle we saw, you know, almost twenty grand down to. I would say it went all the way back down. What was the low? Maybe three grand, thirty five hundred, maybe even below that. Yeah, give or take. I mean, that's a pretty big drawdown. Will we see that big of a percentage drawdown from the top? I mean, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I would be, I would be surprised if the drawdown was ninety uh, percent for Bitcoin. I do think that we'll see a, a big boom and a big bust. Um, like every cycle, but maybe, maybe 50%, you know, maybe, you know, something like that. Um, so I do think that as these bigger players come into the space that you're going to see a little more maturation of the, um, you know, not just of the cycles, but of the businesses within the, within the space as well. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, I'm distracting myself by taking a look really quickly over at Lunar Crush. Um, well, we're still at 57,600 uh, and change. So it's pretty, pretty crazy um, and exciting. You haven't retraced down to 10 grand or anything yet. <laughs> not, not yet. I hope, uh, I hope not. Um, Ever. Last, last chance under 100, everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but, but it's, it, it is, it is, you know, this, this wild, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted. Yeah, man, I, uh, uh, you know, pre-partying too hard for David's birthday last night, so I didn't get a chance to do my hair. Um, uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, the, just this, talk about, like, you, you mentioned at the beginning the sort of greed cycles, right? And what was really funny to see this time around that, that didn't have a, um, there wasn't set a sort of benchmark for this last time was um, one of the things I saw, like I'm, I, you know, we're doing our fund, we're running around talking to all sorts of institutional investors, all sorts of people all over the world um, uh, about stuff. And when I talk to the more uh, uh, conservative traditional folks, right? Like a, a few years ago, I would talk to some of those people and they'd be like, what, what the hell is crypto? What is blockchain? What are you even talking about? Like this Bitcoin, this magic internet money, like they just completely dismissed it. And then a year later, I talked to them and they'd be like, oh, you're still doing that thing? That's 
interesting okay and then like uh, about a year ago from now uh people were like you're still doing that crypto thing like like we like you're insane and they'd almost look at me like oh that's cute you know you're doing that crypto thing like 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 just condescendingly and then uh and then uh cut to now those same people are, are calling me up out of bloom like hey you, you you in any good deals what's going on in this crypto space should i be investing in any of your companies and it totally changed and what's funny is that those same people uh who i would be, meet with especially the more institutional people would look at what we do and we would have to make it really clear to them that we don't purposely participate in like token offerings as as mm -hmm. We're, we're more of an early stage venture fund in the space. So we're not, we're not participating in the, the, those things that like you were talking about where it's like these, you know, the company does a, an ICO or something and then we, we dump all our tokens. We just don't do that. We're, we're married to the team long-term. And, um, and, but we would have to explain that to investors because all of them were like, tokens are bad. Tokens are scams. To ICOs are stupid. IDOs are stupid. Whatever the, the term of the day is, uh, they're, they're dumb. And, and they would say that because the ICO boom and bust kind of happened. And they basically were like, well, all of those tokens are scams. They, 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 hit, they all peaked when Bitcoin peaked and they all dumped. And what's, what's funny is that that's in a sense, like it's, it's very analogous to, to startups because startups are a roller coaster. They just don't have a public token or a public you know, stock, right? So one day uh, a company can feel like it's failing. The next day they could be on top of the world. Yeah. The next day they could be failing again. The next day they could be on top of the world. And that's what early stage startups really is, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, like you see all these companies that have gone public, like, like Airbnb or, or Uber. And think about like pre going public, like that roller coaster of, oh shit, the regulators are hitting them. Are they going to go out of business? Oh shit, they made it past that. Now we're, we're on top of the world again. Oh crap. They, they, they You know, so what's crazy though is that that's sort of natural for small companies. So like ICOs were sort of like small companies that raised too much money too fast and it's not sustainable, right? Like in, in at least that, that the narrative and the hype and, and the other market conditions like Bitcoin um, doing what it does. But what's funny is that at the beginning of this year, I think it was, or, or you guys can all look it up, but Pantera has a fund or it used to be called the ICO fund or something like that. And it, its performance didn't look very good compared to other VC funds and funds in general for the past few years because they invested in ICOs through that fund. Um, but then once the market started going up again, this cycle, all of a sudden that fund had crazy great returns and outperformed Bitcoin. And all of a sudden that greed factor clicked mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. investors and everyone else. Yeah. And they started coming to me going, are you investing in tokens? Which one of your portfolio yeah. companies are launching a token? You need to do more tokens. Tokens, 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 ICOs, IDOs, like let's do tokens. And it was like so clear that yeah. purely driven by like, we're not going to do what's best for that startup or a long-term value. Yeah. So many people, even the people who pretend to not be, are, are focused on that short-term greed. And I, again, I don't, I say it, in a really negative way it's not necessarily negative as long as you're i feel like as long as you're honest about it oh like, yeah I mean, it's the invisible hand right i mean capitalism like if you know that it drive it's driving the bus for for creative destruction for innovation it's just interesting in crypto because we come out of uh 
we we're we're black sheep, right? To rest of capitalism, right? Like it's true, it's true free markets, but um, don't tell that to Wall Street and don't tell that to you know the SEC and don't tell that to you know. I mean, true free markets are great as long as it's the U.S.'s regulated free markets, you know. So yeah. to think, well, to think like when a company goes public, right? It's the first time the 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 consumer the end. Per, like the average person uh, can participate, right? Like it's really is the first time, but even in the path to going public, only certain banks get the deals, only certain investors can participate and, and do all of those things, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's, I think it's coming home. I don't really think that's the right terminology. I'm bad with that, but it, I don't, it's not coming home to roost, but it's coming full circle in that, you know, I may, I may get some flack for this one, but I like putting the controversial takes out there, especially for these streams. Um, you know, it's not any different than, than the, than the traditional stock market, you know, in my opinion, memes are money and me, you know, everything's a belief system in terms of value. And if you believe Tesla stock is worth a thousand times revenue, it's worth a thousand times revenue. As long as someone else is also believes that and willing to pay for it. Um, not much different than a token, uh, is worth uh, 2,000 times its protocol fees, as long as the next person believes that. And what are the, what are the other what's the other utility um, for that token? Um, you know, so in in a sense, it's it's not it's not much different than the traditional uh, markets. It's just a um, as you mentioned, it's just the first time where the powers of B don't have their hands strangled around the whole process. And, you know, investment banks don't get to choose who's participated and get to take huge cuts from the, um, you know, from the progression of these organizations till they're listed public. So, um, I mean, similar to Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's the first asset um, that I can think of ever that Main Street had a bite at the apple first. Um, and now Wall Street is taking, uh, you know, they're, they're buying our bags, if you will. And um, that's an amazing phenomenon that, that, that is, that's being uh, also being played out in terms of DeFi, in, in terms of these other types of financial uh, products and solutions that are, um, you know, now being uh, now available to, to Main Street um, uh, before they're available or before they're adopted by, by, by Wall Street. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, to, to me, there is, uh, it's, 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 I don't know, like, I, I started off sort of in this industry. And uh, before I even knew this industry existed, when I built crowdfunding platforms, like, completely confused that what I wanted to do was was illegal. And it took me a while to fully understand that, like, why, why, like, why would the, the government make it illegal for a small company to like po post on the internet, we're raising money. Like, and it was confusing to me. And I know that the rules and laws were created before uh, the internet, right? Mm -hmm. and well, they, that's part of the problem. Well, that's a big part of the problem and they can't keep up. Like it's, it's think about this. Uh, I started doing my first crowdfunding platform before the word crowdfunding existed. We called it social fundraising it was 2008. Uh, and I worked at, at MySpace and I was like, we should use this social media thing to raise money for charities and small companies online. It took till 2012 for a thing called the Jobs Act to pass, 
which the Jobs Act only passed because it was called the Jobs Act and nobody wanted to vote against uh, something called the Jobs Act during the recession, right? Like uh, no politician could be reelected if they were if somebody else posted an ad saying, you know, David voted against jobs. So, so that's the only reason why it passed. It got signed in 2012. It took two years for the SEC to actually create the rules to let people do it. So another two years till 2014. The rules were like barely, you know, usable. Yeah. And it took till now. It's uh, how many years uh, later now from 2000 four or so till now. So another uh, seven years or 2014. So another like seven years for them to raise the limit from 1 million to 5 million. So all of a sudden in like a week or so, or maybe next week, it's raised to 5 million. It'll be a little more usable, but still all these hoops to jump through all this pain in the butt. And, or somebody can, uh, you know, argue they don't necessarily have to, but probably go to another country and just go screw it. We're going full DeFi and just circumvent the whole thing. Uh, and and not have to deal with any of it. And it's it's you know I think that it's uh, it's it's the first time I've ever seen after many many years of people saying they're going to leave the U.S. and leave California and leave certain unfavorable jurisdictions where they're actually doing it right. Like I, I meet crypto people in different that are American yeah. living in different countries around the world every single day. Yeah, I mean this is a global ecosystem. And it's 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 starting to hit regulators in a good way, um, you know, just because people want Bitcoin to be the reserve currency world, just because they want DeFi to see doesn't mean those things are going to happen, you know. And, and so ho- hope is not a strategy, but it, the fact that it's playing out the way it is, is actually kind of exciting in that regulators are seeing the the reaction or the alternative realities to them making a mistake or making a uh, a decision to do an alternate take an alternative road and what i mean by that is you know if you're a u.s regulator you don't have i mean they, they've come to terms and they've even shown this in uh some of the hearings and and, and whatnot that they, they know they can't stop bitcoin that, that it's not you know it's, it's unstoppable it's it's not uh, possible for them you know if they if they ban bitcoin i mean just just think about that if that really was an option the, 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 the amount of activity that would go to Europe and go to these other countries, uh, to Asia, to other places. And it's a game of whack-a-mole. And we, we live in a society, whether regulators like it or not, where a majority of activities happening on Zoom and happening over the Internet and regulation needs to, uh, you know, to to understand that and, and exist um, in, in that reality and not... Uh, combat what's what's coming which is that finance is coming online the same way information came online um in the first you know internet revolution uh you know some people call this web three um and in this revolution value exchange is going to become just as flat as information exchange has become by social media and by messaging boards online it's just the reality of the uh of the space and people are going to exchange value on the internet um, you know, uh, seamlessly and, and in a in a free market way. And so it's just how how do we position ourselves as a as a nation to 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 incubate that and also uh, recoup or, um, if you will, tax, I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, our our share of of that ecosystem. I mean, it's it's uh, the you know, I think 
I don't know. We're we're all on the same page, but it's you're you're absolutely right. They just hopefully they they figure out how to catch up. We saw actually, I think it was this week, um, uh, Wyoming passed some rules and laws specifically about DAOs and um, how you can actually have a structured DAO um, in in Wyoming, similar to creating an LLC, but you can create a DAO. And somebody um, sort of you know did a tweet thread about it, and it was. It was very thoughtful, and what was interesting is, you know, they they basically envisioned a future where you actually create a DAO, and it automatically files the documents and the paperwork and everything from the command line. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of as a joke, but it's it's true. Like imagine if uh, you can use something like um, uh, DAO Stack or something like that, and when you create the DAO, it automatically with the with the first initial founders is, you know, like one ETH worth of fees or something. It sent it to Wyoming, it created the paperwork, it filed the docs, it showed these are the ETH addresses or the whatever addresses of the uh, of the hundred people who voted on the creation of this DAO and, and it's done. Like that that would be so amazing and incredible and exciting to to have. Um, you know uh, it, it would be it would be a, a, a lot a lot of fun. Um, uh, a great, great comment. Um, yeah, it's cool to see the government, um, you know, in, in certain jurisdictions, uh, trying and 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 putting themselves out there too. I mean, it's let's take a look like a risk, I guess, by Wyoming, right? Like they're taking a risk to say, "Hey, we we're here and we see this stuff and we recognize that it exists." I mean, I think that's an amazing first step. Yeah. It also takes away part of the stigma. I mean, I, I personally don't agree with a lot of the stuff that went into the Wyoming bill, but that's but I'm actually excited about the fact that it exists. It takes away part of that stigma that, you know, you can't say the word crypto or DAO or any of these other things in the conversation with regulators when we have, yeah. to, we have to start. I, I've said this a, a million times before, so we have to dive in. But like Brad Sherman going up and saying these these things about he's about favorite, he's your favorite representative, right? He is. He he lives, you know, like twenty minutes away from me. Uh, uh, we, we, it's it's good stuff. But like he he, uh, the it's just crazy because there's there's sort of two things going on. I always say like, uh, and I stole this from somebody else. But politicians, when they do things like this, they're they're one of two things. They're either stupid or they're liars. And you don't get to that. You don't become onto those committees and be that person and, and you know being stupid. So so he reads these prepared statements about something he he probably doesn't know very much about, but he knows enough about to be scared. And he knows enough about it to know that the people who pay uh, the or the donate the most to his campaigns um, are against it. And so he has to be against it, right? So, but like, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, it, it, none of it makes sense. And, and it's clearly grandstanding and, and playing to, to certain people. So, so, um, you know, let before, before we go, uh, I wanted to do, do, or I wanted to hit you on, on one quick subject because it's, it's dominating the conversation, um, a little bit right now is sort of, uh, you built a total on Ethereum, um, uh, most of DeFi uh, lives on on Ethereum uh, at the moment, um, and but things are moving to a lot of other chains or um, uh, or or to things like like Matic, um, Polygon, I guess, whatever. But moving on to layer twos and, and side chains and all these other things, would love to hear your opinions on on sort of what's next there and and how you see it playing out um, because yeah. our you know, unusable for many people. Yeah, there's a lot there. How much time do we got? 
<laughs> as much time as you need, but but we should uh, probably wrap it up somewhat soon. So, you know, I, I, I'll start this by saying that I'm a proponent of a polychain universe. So I, I do do believe that there is a um, there's a lot of value in having multiple chains uh, available for users for multiple reasons. I mean, competition just being one of them, keeping them honest with each other. You can't insure one chain on the same chain. I mean, you can't insure Ethereum in the Ethereum blockchain going to zero and crashing on Ethereum, right? So having multiple chains um, is a positive. Um, and so I, I do think that there are going to be multiple blockchains and I do think there are going to be multiple solutions, layer twos and others. Um, however, uh, at this time, I do think we're in one of those boom and bust cycles in the boom period right now. And I think that people tend to accelerate their own expectations and timelines specifically in boom parts of cycles. So they, you know, I say they, users believe that they, you know, what they, they would like to have lower cost. Um, but I don't think that they are realizing what the, um, trade-offs are for those lower costs, um, specifically being security and, and decentralization. Um, so if you kind of look at those uh, three on a, on a triangle, um, you know, you, you really need to, uh, to look at what's happened with Ethereum over the past several years and the, the cycles that it's gone through as a community, as a blockchain, as a technology, as, you know, it, it really, you know, a lot of, a lot of these blockchains, a lot of these communities, they're just communities, right? They're just groups of people, uh, even Bitcoin. I don't buy the, the, um, the argument that there is no Bitcoin community. Um, yeah. Did I just get kicked off? Am I still on with you guys? Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So I, I don't buy that there's no Bitcoin community. I do believe that there's a, a Bitcoin community and that, and that if, if, if miners and, and participants do want to change the um, consensus mechanism and, and what goes on with Bitcoin, that they will. Similar with Ethereum, which gets more flack because I think it's more apparent. It's more visible that um, there are groups of people making decisions. Um, but that's with any organization, with any institution. And institutions are just groups of people. So are communities, uh, which are, end up being these blockchains. Um and so I believe that Ethereum has gone through several cycles that have hardened its uh, longevity in that it's gone through um, the DAO incident and how it's, it's not just the incident itself, it's how it's handled that incident yeah. and, and how they, what, what is fair in the Ethereum community, morals, things like ethics, things like that. And these are being decided by groups of people. And it's also gone through hacks and you know, par the parity issue. And um, so the question it really in my mind, which is yet to be determined, is will these newer blockchains learn from these other, uh, I'll call them failures or hiccups that Ethereum has gone through, or will they have to go through their own um, identically? So, um, you know, I don't know if it'll take just as long or there's a lot of learning that's already gone from a lot of those other communities and brought into these news like newer communities like Polkadot. Um, or, um, you know, Tezos or some of these others. Um, so it, it's yet to be determined. I do believe that there will be multiple chains in, uh, in the future. 
When it comes to layer one versus layer two, um, I'm a little biased with this because of total and our organization being focused on layer one liquidity, but uh, trying to keep that out of it, I do believe that for any layer two, there needs to be an, a uh, robust ecosystem in layer one. So a layer two without a robust ecosystem layer one is its own blockchain. That's all that is. I mean, you could take uh, you know Polygon or any of these others and run them independently and they're their own ecosystem. But without a, um, you know, without a, a robust ecosystem and, and security um, uh, uh, primitives at, at the layer one, um, I don't think it's really, uh, I think it's kind of all for not. So you, you really, you really do need to have um, liquidity and robust ecosystem at layer one in order for these layer twos to be viable. Um, for Ethereum specifically, I'm talking about and, and the ones that we're, we're kind of alluding to. But um, I do think that there will be multiple chains in the future. And I do think that that's a positive thing for everyone, um, including users and the, the ecosystems themselves. Yeah, I think uh, I, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I think what's what I, I said the other day and I think is, is really important for people to realize there are people sort of fighting against it. Um, but I think the the, you know, interoperability benefits the best product most. Right. And we don't live in a world, you know, when we talk about the Internet, there's not one programming language or one operating system. There might be um, certain layers, right, like like that are lower, lower than others. Um, but there uh, but what's you know, what what you'll realize is that, like, you know, every single use case has its own um, has its own sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, stack, right? Like on my phone, I use uh, iOS and then which app I use and then what programming languages that's in and what underlying layers all the way down to, you know, HTML, CSS, JavaScript in the web browser or whatever, right? So all of these things have their own place and all of these blockchains can also be used like, like building blocks, right? So you might find in the future that, uh, Tezos is the the blockchain that's best for NFTs because of certain reasons and certain platforms live on them, or or it'll be Ethereum, or it'll be something else, or it'll be a layer two of Ethereum. Uh, we we don't really know. Or different platforms use different ones for different reasons, and and that makes sense, right? Like every like I, I've said this um, before uh, uh, before we wrap up, like. When you use your bank, like when you go onto Wells Fargo's website or Union Bank's website or a Bank of America, 90% of the interactions you have were not built by Wells Fargo or Union Bank uh, or, or anything. They're using service providers and products that other people built. And there's a whole stack of different things. When you be a car loan, you're on, you might be on their website, but it takes you to through some other service or through some other API and through some other product. And same with when you buy stocks, uh, from from uh, you know the New York Stock Exchange, you never do it on directly on their website. As far as I know, you do it from your Schwab account, or your Fidelity account, or whatever. Right, and it gets routed certain ways. That that's going to happen, right? Uh, in in this space, and I think the best thing that can happen is that all of these blockchains um, are going to force everything else to be more fair, more honest, more transparent. And then hopefully these blockchains are what's used uh, in the back end in the future or, or the, these different layers. But like, I think every single one of them makes the other ones better. Um, and and I, I, think agree with that. I think that, the, you know, there, there's a different, a little different dynamic in crypto um, in terms of participating or even owning part of these protocols. But I'll take the flip side just for argumentative sake here of what you were just saying in that 
the best technology doesn't always win. And most of the time it doesn't actually. I mean, look at uh, TCP IP. I mean, like the entire internet is created, is, is dependent or revolves around certain protocols, which we could surely make improvements to today, right? But yeah. there's a social consensus around using these protocols that's hardened over time. And so, you know, as I was just saying, it's a little bit different in crypto. I think there's a lot faster creative destruction because of the the free market ability, you know, your ability to actually own part of these protocols or be, participate as part of these protocols. And some could argue how real that is and how um, how much of that is 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 a facade too. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that the best technology doesn't always win. It's a, it's it's more of a narrative, and that goes back to what we were saying, you know, 10, 20 minutes ago, and that. And that memes are money. The narrative drives uh, a larger portion of the trends and the value accrual, excuse me, in the uh, in the value of the tokens and the value of stocks than the actual underlying technology, in my opinion. No, no, you you are absolutely right. Um, and uh, the best way to to really uh, to see that play out in real life, if you have friends who are engineers, put two engineer friends in a room ask them what their favorite programming languages are and why, and just watch them argue for the next six years. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, there's benefits and, and reasons why each person loves the well, one thing that they like or, or whatever, and not the best product isn't always the one that wins, right? Like a um, uh, uh, cool example is when I was building my last company, we were doing enterprise stuff. And there are all these great open source tools. There's all these great brand new technologies, but my partner decided to build the product on .NET, which is built on, on Microsoft, right? And the reason was because we were selling to people like American Express and people like that. And somebody from American Express wants to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody at Microsoft and say, shit's broken, help me, right? Like, uh, in, and you can't do that when you build it on, on some open source tool. What are you gonna jump into you know, Stack Exchange or jump into a, a message board and be like, Who's online right now? Can anybody help me fix this? Like you, you, it's there's there's all sorts of other motives and reasons to use certain things, and and that's why um, there's always going to be a bunch of options, and there should be right. Having having options is a good thing. So hey, we we are um, way over time. We should we should get going soon. But before we go, I need to give some plugs. One. Thank you again, Be In Crypto, for, for streaming this and for now hosting this on their website and on all of their channels. Um, we're, we're very excited to, to have Be In Crypto as a, a partner. Um, uh, me, uh, I do my full time job is Draper Goren Home, and Draper Goren Home has a ton of events. So we do uh, blockchain and booze every Tuesday night, and Adam is killing it hosting those. Um, he just had Mark Cuban on, the mayor of Miami, and, and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. I do this every Friday morning, but we have a bunch of events. The next one is March 25th, Security Token Summit. Please join us. Go to drapergornholm.com slash events and sign up to, to get um, updates on, on everything there. Um, uh, whoops, I, I turned off the thing. Here we go. David, happy birthday again. Uh, thanks for joining us on your birthday. Um, before before we go, what's any last minute uh, plugs? Total.exchange. Um, what else? You can see information at total.com. That'll link you right to total.exchange. If you want to try out our product, swap assets on Ethereum at the best price using all of the decentralized exchange protocols that are out there today. 
um, and um, try try out a, try out a lot of new DeFi protocols and things that are out there. You know, get 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 your hands dirty. I love it. And and one thing I wanted to throw out there that um, I think is really important to see because people are seeing like Total's logo on 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 uh, MetaMask and 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 doing and seeing all sorts of other uh, options and products that are out there. Um, Total, what's very, very cool, if you go to total.exchange and you want to trade one token for another token, it will find you the best prices across different exchanges. But it'll, it'll also break up your order to make sure you get the best economics. And what's different about Total from some of the others is remember, what they quote you is the base of what you get. A lot of times when the actual trade goes forward, there's positive slippage which basically means that they got an even better deal than what they quoted you, and you'll end up with more crypto 90% of the time, or maybe shouldn't say 90%, a lot of the time I've noticed, I end up with more than even what was quoted. Some of the other ones will take that positive slippage and they'll keep it as extra revenue. So pay attention to that because that's a really important differentiation between some of the different DEX aggregators. It's because I it's hard sometimes to trust and I am biased. Uh, DGH is an investor in total. I, I always just start at, at total.exchange and, and, and go from there. Try it out. Thank you so much for uh, having me on today. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, everybody, so much. Uh, uh, happy birthday again, David. Uh, um, uh, this was awesome. Uh, follow, follow both of us on Twitter and all that fun stuff. I'll see you guys all next week. Tell, tell all your friends about this. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.